Hello, listeners. Thanks for joining us again for another week of 321Go Podcast. We're very thankful that you tune in every week and listen to this show. We're also very thankful to be joined by Mr. Chris Spieler. A lot of you know Chris as a fierce competitor, an incredible athlete, and, and sort of this guy that embodies the spirit of CrossFit. I'm excited about this episode because while Chris's athletic achievements are are certainly something to be spoken of, this week we dig deep into some of the things that really drive Chris in his affiliate. Uh, being as this is a show for affiliate owners, we spend a lot of time here talking about why Chris opened his gym. What is the culture of his gym? Uh, he even talks about some struggles that he had early on and then when he, he began to compete, uh, finding that balance in everything. So we're very thankful for uh, Chris's time that he came on the show. If you would like to keep up with all of the awesome things Chris is doing, uh, I would encourage you to uh, go over to Instagram and follow him at Icon Athlete. He's doing this weekly geek it's really interesting because it's a great model that a lot of us can use in our gyms. Uh, we know the importance of video. We've talked about it all the time. And this is actually Chris putting this in action. So head over there. Follow him on Instagram. If you want to keep up to date on all of the cool things he's doing with Icon Athlete, with his programming and his athletes, uh, go to iconathlete.com or beyondthewhiteboard.com slash iconathlete. Or you can head over to chrisspieler.com. Uh, all paths lead back to Chris. Uh, enjoy the show. We do ask you, though, that so we can continue to bring you guests like Chris, these quality guests that give you free resources as a gym owner every week, free resources for you to really push your gym forward. Head over to iTunes. Subscribe to this show so that you get a notification every week when something comes out. Leave us a review. Just take two seconds out of your day. Throw us a five-star review on iTunes so that we can continue to bring these high-quality guests uh, on the show and to deliver this, you know, just incredible stories and advice that you guys can honestly turn around, start using this stuff this week. You know, you get a year of this under your belt, and all of a sudden you've got uh, almost transformed uh, affiliate. So iTunes, please subscribe. Please throw us a five-star review. We'll see you next week. All right. Welcome, listeners, to this week's episode of 321Go Podcast. Uh, we are joined by Mr. Chris Spieler. Chris, thanks so much for taking the time out of your day, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Chris, we're, we're coming off of, you know, by the time this is released, we'll be a few weeks out of the games, and, and I'm sure that this you know, the, the programming and the games themselves have been analyzed over and over again. So uh, I'm not going to subject you to that again. But, but Chris, I would like to hear how has this transition been like for you going from athlete to coach in the games? Um, it's, it's been pretty difficult in a lot of ways. Just, uh, you know, in the start, it was more just because I missed competing so much and, and being out there with my friends and the camaraderie and things like that. Um, so originally it was more just missing that and, and feeling like a bit of my identity was, you know, lost, even though I knew it wasn't. And now it's just turned into more a challenge of learning how to become like an effective coach and, and what that looks like. And I think that looks different for each athlete you work with. So that's really new grounds for me, um, as far as working with an individual athlete and, and, uh, trying not to just be a programmer 
but a coach and get the most out of them, uh, kind of with a mental game. Chris, what in your mind is the difference between a, a programmer and a coach? Um, I had a good conversation with, with Ben Bergeron, and we talked a little bit about that. And, you know, anybody can program. I guess, you know, anybody can program. Then there are people that do it more effectively than others. Um, but when it comes to coaching, I think you have to figure out how your athlete ticks, what makes them motivated, um, how much attention they need, how much they need to be left alone, when that needs to happen, um, all the variables that are that are within our control, are we taking care of that and helping them do that? And that's a lot of things that are just off of a spreadsheet. Um, so that's that's really challenging. So, Chris, you've been a part of seminar staff. You've been coaching CrossFit since, I mean, what, 2006, 2007 at this point? Yeah, 2007. 2007. Um, so you, you have coached a lot of people, obviously, and... And now this kind of new, you know, new area of coaching, like coaching a games athlete, programming and coaching a games athlete. Have, is there anything that you've taken away from that experience coming off of the games that now you're sort of giving these tools to your coaches at, at CrossFit Park City? Nothing from the games necessarily that would apply for <coughs> our our members. You know, that's... Uh, the the needs mentally there are different than would be in the affiliate on an everyday basis. I think there is something to be said about learning how to motivate people and and what drives them because everybody in your class is different. So the way we talk to one person might be different than we talk to another, and the way that we approach them with uh, with encouragement may look different. Um, but as far as just the high demand that you see at the games it's just uh it's just not there on the affiliate level which is good because i think that can take a lot of the the fun away from it for just our affiliate members but as far as coaching the things that we can learn from it i think really are just how do we motivate each individual athlete and recognizing that that can be different absolutely so um now when you had mentioned this Motivation. Obviously, you talked about you know in in the affiliate class at any given time you've got people who's, I mean they're just happy to be walking through the door and then you know fast forward to maybe like the weekend warrior that's doing some local throwdowns or something like that. Now, is there is there danger in your mind or or a temptation to potentially uh? Over motivate or push these sort of weekend warrior affiliate members too far? Or, you know, how do we kind of recognize that balance? I think, yeah, that's a good question. I think that largely lies upon what kind of culture and what are the underlying goals or intentions of the, of the, the affiliate owner. And I think that there has been a time, and I think things are maybe shifting a little bit, but I think it's still pretty common to have affiliate owners assume that if they have a gym that is competitive and that's good at competition, that it's good publicity, it's good marketing, and it's uh, it will bring more people in their doors, where I actually think it's potentially the opposite, where if we have a really highly competitive gym and we lose the sense of community and we lose the sense of camaraderie, I think that's worse for our gym. Now, also, I do think there are gyms out there that have both and do them very well. Uh, I think it's rare that gyms are very competitive, uh, 
and they still have a great community and great culture. That takes a really uh, mindful owner and coaches. They, I think they have to have a lot of intention and know their purpose and have a bit of a mission statement on understanding what their goal is. So it's just a little bit of, uh, you know, what, what goal does the affiliate owner have and what kind of culture do they want to create and how do they teach their coaches that because that's going to bleed into the classes and the experience that your athletes have. So backing up just a minute, Chris, you'd mentioned the conversation you had with Ben Bergeron, which I, I thoroughly enjoyed. So if the listeners want to check out uh, a podcast, the Icon Athlete podcast is incredible. Um, I would say that, that that conversation with Bergeron is probably a, a great launching off point. Uh, Chris, what I didn't know is that you, I didn't know that you started off in the corner of a rec center. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> the, the, honestly, the one thing I really appreciate about that, Chris, is that's how that's how I found CrossFit as well. There was a a guy that was a level one doing handstand pushups at the downtown YMCA in in Springfield, and I was like, that guy's having significantly more fun than I am right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I can definitely appreciate that, like corner of the rec center, you know, meet up. You know, I kind of like shyly went up and talked to the dude and asked him to teach me how to do a handstand and. And, uh, yeah, life was changed from that point. Yeah, that's really cool. So you'd mentioned culture. Chris, how would you describe, you know, what is this culture that you have or that you're striving to attain at at CrossFit Park City? Um, I think it's, uh, you know, for us, it's, we don't have a real competitive gym. We have our demographic. We have a lot of, you know, young parents with kids that are anywhere from, you know, just little itty bits to in high school and, uh, we have a really active community, people that mountain bike and ski and do all sorts of stuff outside of the gym because it's so easily accessible that we just want to have a culture that is welcoming, that's supportive of everyone, that just meets them where they are along that journey of fitness and that welcomes them in the door. Um, I we personally don't have different level classes. We like to have everyone work out in the same class, and that's part of the reason why um, we have open gym hours for people that want to get into more of the competition side of things. We don't have extra competition classes. We offer some accessory classes that anybody can take, um, but we just try to make it a place that's welcoming and anybody can walk in the door and jump in on a class and benefit from that hour. So Chris, for the listener that owns an affiliate that is hearing you talk about like the culture and these values that you that you hold strongly in your affiliate, it was that something that was by design from day 1 or was it maybe, you know, a couple years in that you realized Hey, these are like families that are coming here to have fun. They're coming to, you know, meet up to go do a barbecue after class. These aren't the the competition minded folks. Was that so? Was that from day one, or did this was like a slow evolution of of CrossFit Park City? Gosh, you know, I don't. When I got into opening an affiliate, I just loved coaching CrossFit. I didn't. I didn't think of honestly a culture. I didn't think of. Um, much of anything because it was so early on that it was 2008 2007 Mm -hmm. so i i just thought of how if it's a place that i'm going to be working a lot 
what kind of environment do I want to be in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, with all the competition that I did, it was nice to be able to come to work and teach classes where people weren't like that at all. You know, that wasn't their focus and I could help them learn how to squat and get better and see them lose weight and have a better quality of life. And I think because I enjoyed that, the culture just followed. So it's almost like you were wanting this, you know, break from the competition atmosphere and you, so basically you just were following what you were passionate about is improving quality of life and then culture followed. So there was never any like, you know, you gave a big speech in front of everybody. This was a, you know, clear, slow evolution of your values, right? Yeah. And I think that that's probably what's going to work best for most people. You know, it's this, it's a good conversation because I don't think most people identify one, what kind of culture they want to create. And then two, even more importantly, why? You know, maybe you do want to have a really competitive gym and maybe you're passionate about that. And chances are, if you're passionate about that and you really care about the people, then it'll probably be relatively successful, right? But I think there's a difference between people that follow their passions and people that do things just assuming that it's the best thing, even though they don't have much direction. Is that something that you see when you, I mean, obviously you travel around a lot and probably run into a ton of affiliate owners. Do you see a lot of this, you know, people going after what they think they should be going after instead of what they actually want? I don't, I don't, I don't see it because I don't have the conversation with them. You know, I get to see affiliates from what they look like, the way they're set up. But generally when I'm at an affiliate, it's teaching a, a level one or a level two or a competitor's course, something along those lines. So that's kind of like our home for the weekend. But um, just in conversation with people and knowing the the community, the CrossFit community, I, I do think that people often don't ask necessarily why. And I think this could be said for anybody, right? Not just CrossFit, but anybody, any endeavor. I think a lot of people don't ask the question of like, hey, why? Why do I want to do this? And What's the purpose behind this? Instead, they you know, maybe think that whatever the idea is, it might be successful. But if we're not passionate about it, chances are we're not going to do it well. That's a great, yeah. So, Chris, you, uh, you know, we're talking about programming. We're talking about why. We're talking about competition programs from within a gym. I think it's, it's uh, probably a good point to mention icon athlete and uh for those of you listeners that don't know i would head over to iconathlete.com uh you could follow icon athlete on instagram at icon athlete uh, chris give us give us your why behind icon athlete yeah it's funny because it started out as and it's evolving which is cool it started out as okay I'm, i was done competing and i had all this knowledge and i just wanted to be able to share it you know, I wanted to be able to help people that were interested in competing. And we started out just by offering programming that, you know, would be similar of that of someone that was interested in going to regionals mm-hmm. um, or, you know, at that level of volume. And as I started to kind of go along with it, really enjoyed that part of it. And I thought, well, it's just a small part. And the reality is a lot of people, although they may have goals or they may want to get to regionals, that might not be in the cards yet. Um, or maybe people need programming, but they don't have a goal to go to regionals. They have a goal to be the weekend warrior. So we opened up two other tracks of programming. One of those is 
more of like a strength bias track for people that are looking to improve that. And another is an open track, um, which is much lower volume, lighter weight. And that would be similar to what you would see possibly like someone at the affiliate level doing with some accessory work, doing some extra pieces along the way to help maybe bring up their endurance or their gymnastics, things like that. So we've kind of opened up the reach to try to create programming and really accessible um, community where I'm on a group Facebook page and I try to stay really active on there to help people out. Um, so I, I want it to turn into just a really good fitness resource for anybody that's interested in CrossFit or even if people are outside of CrossFit, I want it to be a valuable resource for them to go to to get programming, get some information on maybe movement and coaching. So as things evolve, it's funny how it's gone from just purely competition programming to wanting to branch that out into more even just everyday people and coaches and, and athletes all, all in the mix. Chris, what I think is really interesting about that, and again, I keep hearing you come back to this why. Like, why do you have your culture? Why did you start your affiliate? Why do you program these kinds of things? And from the athletes that I've talked to that are following Icon Athlete, it's it's that explanation from you that is the most valuable piece. And, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but honestly, you can go find – programming pretty much anywhere it's it's on instagram every day you know so so explain to us or you know maybe the affiliate owner that is is you know doing the programming for their affiliate explain the importance and and really why does that resonate with people so much to to know and understand why we're doing a particular thing yeah i think it's easy for us to project like what we think our athletes need or we think they want instead of what they might actually need or want. So um, with ICON, what I try to do is, instead of just simply putting up programming, every day I will post down a time frame that they should get, try to get the workout done in, so it gives them an idea of the stimulus that they should be getting. Um, and then just kind of walk through, hey, here are the goals for the workout. And sometimes it's to scale things down and make sure that you meet the time domain. Sometimes it's just to get the work done and just go for it. Sometimes it's to work a strategy on pacing. Other times it might be just to push the pace and red line and see what happens. Um, but helping your athletes understand why I think gives them direction. It helps them understand that you have some purpose behind what you're writing on the whiteboard. And it builds what I believe is a level of trust and rapport with the coach because now it's not just any workout written on the whiteboard, but there's some thought and why behind it. And the why should be to, depending on what your goals are, depending on the program, either increase someone's fitness or improve their quality of life. And that, that looks different depending on the individual. And to me, when I hear you say that, it, like giving these indications of how, you know, how many reps should you get? What is the time frame you should finish in? How unbroken should these reps be? F- for me, you know, somebody that is not competition-minded, but I love coming in and working hard for an hour a day, I love having that little, like, understanding of competition with myself. 
as yeah. as opposed to just like aimlessly uh, uh, approaching this programming, I would love to know what should I be looking to achieve today. For sure, and for the coach, like how much easier too? Because if you have a goal for athletes to get the workout done, and let's say it's Fran, right? And you give your athletes, hey guys, instead of just writing Fran on the board and saying twenty one fifteen nine. Thruster and pull up, three, two, one, go. And you have one guy that finishes in, let's say, just over three minutes, and someone else that takes him 15 minutes. That's a completely different stimulus and response for those two athletes. So now, as you program out, the guy that did it in three minutes is going to feel different than the guy that did it in 15 minutes. And as you program out, their week is just going to look different by nature. So instead, if we say, hey, guys, our goal is to get the workout done between three and seven minutes. Now we can get our athletes within this window where they all have a very similar stimulus. And as you program out, you understand, okay, this week we did go short. We stayed in this kind of five-minute window. And now I want to go long instead of, well, this week we had some people finishing at three minutes and some people finishing at 15. So now I don't really know what I should do. So it helps the the coach have a lot of direction as well. And that trust factor is huge. You know, like if I trust the coach to tell me when I should finish or what my desired adaptation is, that's, I mean, I'm more inclined to actually listen to them and, and, you know, be attached to that coach as sort of the person that will guide me on this journey of, of better fitness and better quality of life. For sure. And it also gives you a chance to answer the question. You know, some people might give you pushback. Hey, I don't want to go heavy today. Or hey, I don't want to do I don't want to do this in seven minutes. Like I just want to try to get it undone. And that's when if we have a why or more of a reason behind it, we could answer them and say, well you know what? I'd like you to go short today because tomorrow we're going to go more than 20 minutes. Oh, okay, cool. So they can look forward to that. Or you know, let's go heavy today because the rest of the week we're not going to have a heavy day and we're going to have these other three things kind of you know, on deck. And I think that also helps your athletes start to realize like, okay, this guy has a plan for me and it doesn't have to be over the course of the year. It could just be over the next five days. And he's looking out for me and he understands what the goal is even for the week. And that will help answer some of those questions when a coach or, or affiliate owner gets some pushback. So, so Chris talking about, you know, culture and community, I, you know, having having been to CrossFit Park City, I know that you have a, a rock solid culture. One thing that I love is that you is that people are outside the gym. You know, we talked about going mountain biking and skiing and doing these activities together outside of the gym. And uh, so, what I'm curious to know is that can can programming and coaching influence the culture of a gym? I'm I'm sure you've given the level two programming. Uh, discussion several times, answered a bunch of questions. Do you see a connection between uh, programming and culture? Yeah, 100%. I mean, if we have somebody, let's say that you're in Park City like I am, and you have a group of people that are, you know, late 30s, mid 40s, they have kids, they really care about skiing, and they do some bike races, and they use CrossFit as a way to be better at all that stuff outside of the gym. If I don't program just good classic CrossFit that's going to give them general physical preparedness, then I'm probably going to start to affect the culture of my gym and lose members like that 
Because if I program the way that I used to program for myself, well, now I'm programming for someone that's like a games athlete or assuming that those people want to compete in CrossFit. And now that doesn't help them outside of the gym. It could be too much volume. It could be too much of one modality. So either too much weightlifting or too much gymnastics or too much running, whatever that might be. And what that does is that kind of pigeonholes us into having people that would be really, it might be great programming for a competitor in CrossFit, but if that's not who I have in the gym, well, then it's not going to work well for them outside of the gym. Yeah, that makes complete sense. So, you know, you had mentioned, I think that something that I've heard a lot of affiliate owners talking about is that they have maybe a subsection of their gym that is this you know, competitive group, you know, you know, the more negative terms that we've heard are are things like clicks. And now is there a way to, if, if an affiliate has a culture like you've described of, you know, I've got families in here, I'm wanting to improve quality of life, but yet let's say they've got a group of 10 to 15 people that are doing the, the weekend throwdowns that are like really, you know, they're leaderboarding during the open. They, they probably won't make regionals, but still they're somewhere in between that, you know, I'm just here for an hour a day and the regionals athlete. Do you have any advice on how that affiliate owner can approach this group or these people to begin thinking about programming and, you know, maybe they want a little bit of extra work. How can we retain culture while servicing, let's say, you know, five to 10% of this clientele? Yeah. And that's the thing too, is like, we also, is is we can sometimes talk about programming for competitors in a negative light. The reality is that's part of our community in CrossFit, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And we need to know how to do that, how to do it well. And we need to embrace that and help those people because although there's plenty of people that may not be interested in competing and we want to support them outside of the gym, that's no different than someone inside the gym that you're describing, that wants to be better, that wants to take it to the next step. It's like, well, that's freaking awesome. So let's help you get there. Ways, it's not a bad thing. People wanting to compete is not a bad thing. It's a great thing because maybe they found something that drives them, motivates them, makes them better. But ways that I've found are really effective to do that are offering open gym hours where they can come in and do extra work. And what that means is that our programming for the class needs to be really well thought out, just constantly varied functional movement at high intensity. Mm -hmm. And what that allows is it allows those athletes to stay in the class with everybody else. They don't have to do some specialized thing yet. They can do the class workout that day, and that's the bulk of their training. But then what we can do is offer them advice, or maybe we have additional programming for them to follow that they can utilize during open gym hours, or you know maybe it's a little bit before or after class. And that, I think, is one of the most effective ways to do that. So instead of having a separate competitor's class where they follow a completely separate program, from everyone else in your gym, essentially what you do is give them the core programming through your class and then anything else, maybe it's additional strength pieces or endurance pieces or another workout, we can still have that well thought out and structured to meet their goals, but they can do that in an open gym hour. 
Would you suggest potentially looking at, you know, maybe using that programming matrix that we all get in the level two and using that as sort of a guide to, to program this open gym time? Yeah, okay. it could be a great starting point. You know, it's, I think, as people start to, you could do one of two things. One, if you, if you really are into programming and you're interested in it, just do, do exactly that. Find out, look around, get some resources. Look in, you know, if you're taking your level two, look at the guide there. Any of those things, it's just start doing it because you'll get better at it. Or you can start to look at outsourcing that. And that's where something else like, you know, if someone looked at Icon Athlete or Comp Train with Ben or, um, you know, a host of them are out there. Um, you might look at that and start to take some of those pieces and implement that for your competitors. Personally, Chris, I am in favor of, of the latter because I, I love this idea of being able to defer to the experts. So instead of, you know, instead of me being like, all right, guys, listen, realistically speaking, you're probably not going to regionals, but let's just have fun doing these weekend competitions. Uh, it, if it were me, I would rather Chris Spieler tell that to them <laughs> than, than sure. me having to break that 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 news, which is why and and especially as as the affiliate owner, like guys, you're busy. I mean, you know what I mean. And you know, I, I'm I'm much more one to focus on the ninety percent and sort of think of creative ways to outsource those ten percent of people that are looking to hit the weekend uh, throwdowns and competitions. So, sure. Just personality, yeah, whatever. And I think it, kind of like you said, whatever works for the affiliate owner, that's what they should do. Because it's easy, my gosh, I'm, you know, you're preaching to the choir. How easy is it, is it as an affiliate owner to get caught up in all the stuff that we kind of don't have time for? <laughs> yeah, it's so true, man. It's so true. So that's, that's a nice segue. Chris, I've got a couple more questions for yeah. you kind of related to this gosh, like emotional aspect of, of owning an affiliate because owning any small business is tough. Uh, I, I've never seen or owned a business myself where you have this uh, intimate of a relationship with your customers, which can be both amazing. It's, it's wildly fulfilling, but it can also be wildly frustrating. Uh, so Chris, my question for you is if you could go back and talk with you know, Chris Spieler at the rec center today, uh, what would you tell him to, to prepare him for, you know, the next almost decade to come? Gosh, I mean, I sometimes look back and I'm like, how did I do that? <laughs> how, did, how, did, how did I do that? And how did that happen? And, um, honestly, I don't think there's any real way to really understand what you're kind of in for with an affiliate until you start to do it. But again, another conversation that I have with Ben, uh, this was a couple years ago and we, the gym was going through some changes with trying to either expand or increase rates, you know, and sometimes people will talk about running surveys or getting feedback and all that stuff can be helpful. But, Ben made a good point. He just said, look, he's like, everyone's out, you know, all of our members, and this isn't bad, but all of them are, our members are generally out to look for themselves. You know, and I'm no different. If someone's like, hey, Chris, do you want us to leave the rates the same or do you want them to go up? <laughs> well, of course I want them to stay the same, you know, yep. like, give them to me for less. <laughs> um, but he's like, you're the only one that is looking out for everyone. You're the captain of the ship, you know, so... 
I think for a lot of people, they have to realize that, that because it's such a personal thing, because we are so close to all of our members, sometimes they'll have good intentions or they feel like they can or should interject a lot. And sometimes it's genuinely helpful and sometimes it's really hard. But just reminding yourself that you're the only one that's looking out for the entire group can be really helpful when making decisions. Have you found that you've gotten thicker skin uh, as an affiliate owner, or did you kind of already have those tools to begin with? No, I've gotten thicker skin, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Chris, you had this added uh, you had this added time constraint as an affiliate owner of also being a games athlete, and how did you find balance during that time, or even today? How do you how do you find balance for for family, for training, for, you know, running your gym? Is there, do you have these like, you know, habits that maybe you do every morning or do you have these anchor points or, or like, you know, when I, I talked with Ben recently, Ben Bergeron, and he said that he has, you know, he forces himself to punch out at a certain time. And that's kind of a rule that he's developed over the last yeah. 10 years. Do you have anything like that? You know, when I was competing, um, I, the gym, it, it suffered like a hundred percent. There wasn't balance. It, there wasn't. I had really great uh, employees working for me that taught classes really well. When I left the gym, I didn't have to worry about it. Um, but the gym, without a doubt, suffered because I was so focused on competing. Mm. So there wasn't balance. And I still struggle with that today. Um, largely because I think it's, uh, it is, it can be really challenging to run an affiliate. And I think for any of us, especially now that we've been around for a long time, if you guys are, you know, have an affiliate that's been around for six or seven years, if it's not profitable, it becomes more and more difficult to be motivated to do things and to invest more time back into the affiliate because it kind of feels like you're maybe not working for much, you know? Mm. So that, I think, you know, I don't know that that answers that question, but I'm just trying to be honest in that, you know, then when I was competing, there wasn't balance. Um, now what I try to do is um, on Friday, I just try to go and take, take some time on Friday to sit down and set up the, the following week. So I go through just like a, that app wonder list and make sure that I have kind of a list of things that I want to accomplish each day um, throughout the next week. And what that generally does is gives me a chance to, similar to Ben, punch out, not have to stress about things for the weekend because I know I've got my following week set up. I think that is a huge habit. That's a great takeaway, I think, for the affiliate owner is to not wake up every day and wonder, gosh, what the heck am I going to do today? Like what, what needs to be done? But you've got that every day, you know, what you need to accomplish. That's, I think that's a huge takeaway for people, Chris. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I'm in the process of trying to figure that out myself. And I think part of that is just being okay with knowing that you're not going to have it figured out right away. You know, it's going to take some time to develop that process and that's okay. Yeah, I think that's great. So uh, another question, Chris, are there any books that you read along the way or audiobooks, podcasts, uh, you know, speakers that you listen to that that kind of have stuck with you throughout the years? 
Um, you know, I didn't really, gosh, I am not, I'm not, as far as the business side of things and the affiliate, gosh, I didn't read much of that stuff at all. For me, it was more just conversations because I traveled so much and a lot of the people that I worked with were affiliate owners as well. Um, and it was just conversations, bouncing ideas off of other people that had a gym in a different area or a similar area or a similar culture or maybe it's really different and just kind of getting feedback from them. That was probably the most helpful thing for me is just keeping my eyes and my ears open, having conversations with a huge variety of affiliate owners and finding out what is and isn't successful for each one of them and try to learn from some of those lessons was more helpful for me than than any book or anything else that I, I've stumbled into. Would you consider any of those people like a, a mentor of yours? Not really. Um, you know, I know we can't kind of keep going back to, to Ben, but Ben was such a, a huge help to me as a, comp- a competitor. Um, but he's also been tremendously helpful to me as an affiliate owner. He's someone that's really easy to, you know, I pick up the phone, I, I'll talk to him, ask him questions, and he's always willing to help. And the one book that I guess, you know, now that I think of it, that I have read that is really difficult to put into practice, it's called The Mm -hmm, mm Go-Giver. And um, it's just a really cool concept on how it's easy for us to feel like there's a ton of competition out there, which there is. um, But instead of always wanting to take, 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 this concept of instead giving to people Mm -hmm. and and Ben has been an example of that to me in a lot of ways, as have other people. But that has been a, a helpful book for me. Yeah, I, that's a great one. Uh, I think that's a great read. Uh, it's a quick, nice little like audio book too. If that's that's how I you know quote unquote read it, so I like that. Yeah, and it's good story. Like it's storyline instead of you know like uh, just the list of to dos. Mm. Yep. Yep. So. Chris, one thing that I've really liked uh, about following Icon Athlete is is that I, I see it changing. You know, you even described in this show how it sort of morphed from its original inception when you you know you saw a need and you're now filling that need that obviously exists there. It's certainly resonating with a lot of people. Do, uh, where do you see the the future of Icon Athlete? Um, I really just want to make it an accessible and valuable resource for anybody that's interested in CrossFit or any fitness. So I want to try to create some more educational pieces through some of the weekly geek stuff that I'm doing. Um, Try to develop that a little bit. I'm probably going to open up another track of programming that's geared toward more people that we talked about. Like, hey, they just have an hour a day. And what I'd like to do is set things up so that they have – a specific warm up, do the workout, and then a specific cool down or accessory work. Because I think for all of us, we sometimes struggle with what to do before and after. And if it's written down, it's a whole lot easier to get done. Mm-hmm. We have some accountability there. So that's kind of like the next big step is I just want to continue to bring a lot of value to the competitors that are out there, continue to provide that, and then just open up the doors to really the entire community, not just have it be a resource for competitors, but be a resource for anybody. 
Oh, that's great. I'm, I'm so excited to see where you take uh, Icon Athlete, Chris. So, uh, listeners, if you want to follow along with everything that's going on, um, certainly check out on Instagram at Icon Athlete, the weekly geek that, that Chris mentioned. Uh, he talks about some of the finer points of, of uh, functional fitness. Uh, so that's a really fun one that I've been following. Uh, ChrisSpieler.com, IconAthlete.com, and uh, BeyondTheWhiteboard.com slash IconAthlete. Chris, is there anything else you'd like to leave the, the affiliate owners out there uh, to maybe begin to think about ways that they can adopt programming, think about their culture, you know, further define their why, or maybe just recap some of the things we talked about? Sure. I think uh, the biggest thing that we talked about is the why, you know, understanding why you're doing what you're doing and then asking the question, is that really beneficial for the community and the culture that you want to create in the gym? So maybe it is a competitive programming, which is awesome. Maybe it's something that's more generalized. Um, But just asking yourself why. And then the other thing that I've found really helpful is recognizing your weaknesses because I know there are things that I'm good at. I know there are things that I'm really bad at. And finding people, surrounding yourself with people that do those things better than you. And don't be afraid to delegate. If you can delegate some of those things to those people, it'll take a little bit off your plate. They'd probably do it better than you. And chances are you'll have more time to run a more effective gym because of that. That's awesome. Sage advice, Chris. Uh, Thanks again for uh, taking the time. I really appreciate your generosity, Chris. I will be sure and link to everything in the show notes. And... uh, Chris Spieler, thank you so much. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate the time.